The wealth tech revolution is now. Wealthstack provides bolder technology strategies and powers a new generation of growth-oriented advisors. Join us in Florida, May 21st to the 24th, and get 20% off now with our discount code WEALTH20. That's WEALTH20, W-E-A-L-T-H-2-0. And be sure to search Wealthstack to find out more. Welcome to the Wellstack Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Rossick, the Director of Wellstack Content and Solutions. In this episode, I'm joined by Russell Feldman, co-founder and CEO of Imtech. Today's topic, innovation and fixed income. Russell, thrilled to be speaking with you, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thrilled to be here, and thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And before we dive into the first segment, let's start with your background. What makes Russell, well, Russell, and what's the story behind Imtech? Yes, sure. Happy to. Uh, So growing up, believe it or not, I always wanted to be like dad. Dad carried a briefcase, uh, wore fancy shoes and worked in the bond markets. I thought that was somehow I thought that was very cool. Fast forward a little bit of time. I wound up getting pretty sick. And in my late teens, I spent quite a bit of time in the hospital. My dad was kind enough to, to spend each night with me. And so he would leave in the morning and go off to work and then kind of come back later in the evening. And I think I was surprised to learn that it wasn't an industry where kind of the bell rings and you're in the office and the bell rings and you're out of the office. That was kind of how I always envisioned uh, the markets. Um, And so we quickly kind of, we ran out of things to talk about after the first couple of weeks. So we started talking about some work stuff. Uh, And I don't think I fully appreciated everything at that time, but it was certainly interesting for me to hear about his experience um, and the lack of efficiency and the lack of technology in the fixed income space, and largely the reasons why he was spending a lot more time at the office than I had than I would have imagined. Uh, again, fast forwarding, I, I wound up at, at school and then at working at Deutsche and on the fixed income side of things, covering the largest clients of the bank on the institutional side of things. Uh, and I was also I was similarly surprised to find the the massive inefficiencies in that space, the lack of technology, or we had a lot of technology, but we didn't have technology that really helped us customize at scale. And that was really what we were being asked to do for our clients. And so we spent many, many hours in the office that I didn't necessarily intend to. And so uh, just kind of comparing those experiences and realizing this this is a market that really hasn't changed for for a meaningful period of time it was obvious to me that there 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 was definitely a better way to do this and that was really how how imtech was born so i need to go back to uh what you wanted to be when you grew up because most kids say you know astronaut or singer you said no i want to deal with the bond markets and carry my briefcase i love it Yeah, you know, I, I probably I also wanted to play in the NBA. That was definitely a dream. It was either that or be in the bond markets. I'm not sure how the bond markets won out, but that was that was certainly where I started. Well, fair enough. And just for some background as well, because we do have a variety of listeners on this podcast, could you just give some context around the difference between trading stocks and bonds? The bond market is massive, but like as you said, clearly still antiquated. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think the the real difference is is probably in complexity, right? So uh, trading bonds notoriously is more complex than than trading equities. You could take out your phone while we're on this call and buy Apple stock and know exactly where it's priced and exactly how much you got uh, and have a pretty clear understanding of what the risk is that you're taking. That really isn't the case in the fixed income markets. Um, and, and I think 
you know, understanding that there are a lot more data points is a really important piece of information, right? There's there's maturities and yields and credit ratings and call structures that make bonds just just naturally more challenging to understand uh, the risk that's associated with any given security. And as such, uh, they're really not as available to retail investors. Well, I appreciate the background. So let's dive into the first segment of Stats All, folks. You know, the arrival of electronic trading systems has really transformed fixed income markets over the past few decades, I'd say. And the fixed income market is actually 30 times larger than the equity market. But while about 92% of equities trade electronically, fixed income still remains dominated by voice trades and these kind of manual processes. So I'd imagine that the intersection of technology and data and fixed income trading is changing how investment managers uncover value in fixed income uh, and construct uh, portfolios. But as an asset class, fixed income seems to have been really neglected technologically. Why is that the case? And how is Imtech helping along the electronification of fixed income? Yeah, you're exactly right about that. Fixed income has historically trailed the equity markets. Uh, if, if you look back, you'll see that the, the first equity index, the Dow Jones, was launched in 1884. And it took almost 90 years uh, for the first bond index through Lehman to be launched in 1973. Equities first traded electronically in 71. And again, it took another almost 30 years for the first U.S. government bond to be traded electronically. And I think in part, the the fact that the most sophisticated players have really benefited from that opacity is really why there's been a, a lack of innovation in the space. Uh, we are, we're really not a trading platform. We are a portfolio management and order management system. But I think we have the, the upstream impact of portfolio and order management systems, I think will really lead to a lot more electronification. So we saw only that 11% of munis are trading electronically or, or traded electronically last year. I think the more we have upstream systems that are that are not necessarily the trading platforms uh, that, that become more systematized, more electronified, more digitized, I think that's really going to drive uh, electronic trading in the market. What's the hesitation? You say 11%, that seems abysmal. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with the way folks have always been doing it, right? I think not everybody is aware that there are easier ways to do this. Uh, certainly in the larger markets, uh, that's become much more prevalent. But uh, a lot of this is really, you know, we need to get the word out. We need to speak to folks like you who can who can help uh, spread the word that there are easier, more efficient uh, and better ways to to get the job done. And with all the headlines lately about you know, market volatility, we need to talk about the impact inflation has on the fixed income uh, market and investments. You know, we saw inflation kind of cool in March a little bit, thanks to, you know, in part to falling gasoline prices. But the rising cost of services such as travel and restaurants and meals really continue to stretch folks' pocketbooks. And inflation is still far above the Fed's 2% target. What impact does inflation have on fixed income investments? In the case of current events, I think inflation has clearly led to the Fed raising rates. Uh, but for, for kind of the broader conversation about the impact on fixed income assets, uh, we should start by just saying fixed income as an asset class really has a fixed rate of return over a given period. As such, inflation really eats away at that real fixed return. There are, of course, different inflation hedges and, and, and protected asset types like TIPS that are designed to protect against the effects of inflation, uh, but, but largely all 
the other types of fixed income assets are going to have uh, their returns eaten away at by rising inflation. Can I dig into this concept of tips a little bit? Can you explain that? Definitely. Tips are essentially protected. Principal and interest are essentially adjusted based on changes to CPI. So as CPI is moving, so too is the, you know, is the yield you're you're earning on those bonds. Whereas a five-year fixed 5% coupon bond, you're not getting anything other than the 5% coupon, you know, each period. So then I have to ask, what's your current fixed income market outlook? Yeah, sure. So I, I think in the immediate term, it seems like there's a, a high degree of probability in the market that the Fed uh, may increase rates again in May. Uh, but but longer term, I don't think there's anything groundbreaking here. I would certainly expect that front end rates to drop uh, with the curve steepening. I think for us, more holistically, the good news is that we our business is not a cyclical one, right? We don't need to necessarily have an opinion on rates for for it to impact our our business. Folks need an allocation to fixed income, period, right? If rates are rising, it will lead to different actions being taken in the marketplace, things like tax loss optimization. Um, and if, if rates are lower, then folks are going to really need to focus on how they can optimize, uh, you know, the the juice that they get from the lemons that they're squeezing. So how can investors mitigate fixed income investment risks that arise from inflation? Where is technology ultimately helping? Yeah, I think um, things like the the SVB debacle that just came up, I, I think it begs the question kind of what technology are they using to manage that that risk and to get an understanding of how they're positioned, right? And so without naming names, it's important to to understand and look at what software they're using and were there supposed to be safeguards in place that would notify them of kind of mismatches? Were they were they notified and, and didn't necessarily take the necessary action to amend that? But I think in general, technology should be uh should be useful to alert users to to changes that are required in order to comply with compliance guidelines or to to risk targets and and ultimately i think that same technology should play a part in helping the users dictate what the actual endpoint should look like so digging deeper into the technological aspects of all of this when it comes to operational and workflow issues what are you seeing as the biggest hindrance to portfolio managers and what are some of the key fixed income workflows that you think really need innovation Sure. For us, I think in our space in particular, it's a, it's about the, the current technology that's offered to folks. It's old, it's clunky, it's cumbersome, it's expensive. And I think at best, it's leading to missed opportunities. At worst, it's leading some people to make mistakes. And so I think it's, you know, if you zoom out, you'll realize there's so many data points and so many opportunities that it's it's really crucial to have a system that can help whittle that down. If you'll allow, I'll, I'll just use a quick analogy uh, here to kind of try to paint that picture. If you were driving a car and needed to fill up the gas tank because you were headed out to the beach and you pulled up to the corner and there were three gas stations, one's cheaper, one's cleaner, one's faster. You might say, I'm a value investor. I'm happy to to wait my extra minute and, and fill up at the cheaper gas station. Well, that wasn't a hard decision. There was only three choices. Now, the next day you pull up to the same gas, the same corner and you look to fill up the gas tank and there's a thousand gas stations. And the right combination from gas of gas from each station is actually going to deliver the, the best outcome, which in this case would be the highest miles per gallon at the lowest cost. Well, 
that's a much more complicated decision because there's a thousand choices. And do I want to get a half gallon here and three gallons there and two gallons here? And the truth is, you're probably just going to say, I'm going to take the cheapest one I can find and fill up my gas tank because I want to get to the beach. Well, now if we if we up the ante one more time and we say, what happens if you show up at that corner and you have a hundred cars and a thousand gas stations, and each one of those cars has has different needs. Some need a car wash, some need their tire pressure checked, all of them need gas. And there's other folks who are also trying to fill up at those same gas stations, and there's a finite amount of gas. Well, that's a really complex problem. And so, and that's really where Imtech in general is really helping our clients make better decisions. So in the case of this analogy, right, the the cars are the portfolios. And the gas stations are the bonds that are available in the market. And so certainly there's a finite number of bonds, but there's also unique constraints and desires and targets associated with each one of those portfolios. And so I think technology is really important in helping to make efficient and optimal decisions uh, for, you know, for the, the users. Uh, that's an impressive analogy. And I love a good analogy. <laughs> so thank you for that explanation. You. <laughs> sure. So. What should firms be considering when assessing investment management systems? In your opinion, you know, what should that tech stack look like? Yeah, sure. I think this, this look, this continues to change with time. So uh, this will surely be outdated in a few years. But I think as it stands right now, cloud infrastructure is really important. And that is, as I said earlier, I think that's a really key component to why, to the advent of, of new technology, especially in our space, given the number of data points, given the amount of, of synthesis that needs to happen of that data, I think that's, you know, that's a crucial component to any technology offering today. I think, especially in this space for investment managers, having connectivity is another really important element. Being sure that uh, you're getting updated cash information, being sure that you're getting updated portfolio data so that you can make the most informed decisions on behalf of your clients, that's that's got to be table stakes. That's got to be crucial to, to the success of any platform. And then I think it's important to think about customization and ways in which you can enhance and automate workflows. And so uh, thinking about you know the world is changing in one way. I don't think people are looking for less customization. Optimization. Anybody's going to say, oh, no, no, please, you know, I just want the most vanilla portfolio possible, right? I think folks have an opinion more and more these days. And so making sure that you're delivering tools for the folks within your firm uh, that allow them to deliver the type of customization that clients are really looking for. Oh, absolutely. And we live in such an information heavy world that it just seems like sticking with the status quo just isn't good enough anymore. And it's just so imperative to integrate technology into that investment process to really provide managers with tailored information that I think what they're ultimately looking for is that just faster decision-making at every, every step of the process, right? 100%. I think that's speed is another really crucial element that I think now is, again, deliverable due to the elasticity of cloud and, you know, and other technologies like it. So what's on the roadmap for Intech then? What uh, what can we expect to see coming out of you guys soon? How much time do you have? Ah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think uh, look, there's a lot of exciting things that we're working on over here. Uh, I think for us, really what we're, what we have had success doing and what we're continuing to, to be focused on is, is really redefining the way that asset and wealth managers get invested in fixed income. And so, for us, that is ensuring that we have, you know, those 
connections that we've talked about that I just referenced earlier. So comprehensive integrations on the custodial side of things, on the execution side of things as well, and then the ability to deliver more customization. So I think for us, you know, we have an, an optimize an optimization engine that is incredibly powerful that we're going to continue to to build forward to move forward uh, and continue to improve. And and I think uh, one of the elements that's really exciting for us is the the thought of custom indexing. And so uh, that concept is one that's very popular in equities, which is the idea that you could take the S&P 500 and you could request double energy exposure and no tobacco, and you could have that basket of securities before you could snap your fingers. Uh, folks don't think like that in the in the fixed income markets, and oftentimes they blame that on market structure. But the truth is, I think that's really more to do with the lack of technology than it is to do with the the structure of fixed income. Uh, and so, a lot of what we're doing now, a lot of what we're focused on, is actually being able to deliver those custom baskets to investors, again at the snap of their fingers, based on the unique characteristics uh, of their choosing. And what's ultimately driving your roadmap, or is it a combination of things? Is this just what you're hearing, the demand from the markets, uh, as the stuff that you guys just know is is coming down the pike? You know, how do you look at all of it? Uh, it, it? That's like one of the toughest things that we do every day, <laughs> I would say, is prioritization and where does that come from? Most of the time that comes from our clients. We want to be client-obsessed, frankly. Uh, and so we really, we we try to think really hard about how we can solve the the ubiquitous problems that exist for our clients on a day-in and day-out basis. But also there's, there has to be a component of this that is driven by us as a business. We're, we're talking to, to hundreds of people every day. And so we really have a good understanding of what folks are asking for or what folks I think will really want. It may not be exactly what they're asking for, but I think it is ultimately where we need to go as an industry. And so I would say, you know, it's probably a 75-25 split between our client requests and kind of what we believe to be, you know, necessary on the roadmap. Well, makes sense to me. Well, Russell, it's actually time for segment two of this episode, which is Ask Us Anything, where I've gone out to the social universe and asked folks to submit questions they want answered by you. So let's take a look uh, to see who's dropping into the DMs this week. We did have a couple questions here, some good ones. And the first one is, how do you think the interaction between man, machine, and processes will evolve at your organization over the next five years? Is a very good DM question. <laughs> I think we, I think that's probably similar to the way in which we think about it for our clients, right? I think we talk about this a lot with with folks in the fixed income space. We're we're really going to look to automate as much of the non-critical thinking work as possible, right? So support functions and data recon and mapping functionality. I think those are all things. The more we can have machines get involved there, we can certainly reduce human error and repurpose human labor for, to the areas where we can drive real value and, and have a real meaningful impact. Because I think the thing that scares folks the most is the the replacement of humans. So I like how you positioned that, that's kind of just recalibrate a little bit so you can still add value on the human level. Definitely. And I think, re, you know, repurposing personnel is, is, is crucial and will be crucial in the investment management space as well. Absolutely. And we did have another question. Um, it's kind of a fun one, but any case studies you could share around how firms have successfully worked with Imtech? Uh, yes, we definitely have those. I would be, you know, certainly glad to share those uh, with, with anybody who's interested, but I'm happy to talk to, you know, a couple interesting anecdotes that we've, that we've kind of had in the past. 
uh, one of our clients has been able to successfully reduce their compliance, their risk burden by 90% in working with Imtech. So wow. um, what would have taken them you know, several hours every day or week is now down to minutes or an hour a week or so, uh, which has been a huge success story for us and for them. Uh, other clients of ours have gone through and been able to uh, essentially leverage Imtech in place of additional hires that they were planning, because really what we're all about here is trying to enable our clients to manage more assets and more portfolios with the same resources, right? So we're, we're delivering scalability. And so we've got certain folks who have saved up to two or three different headcount uh, just in, in the last year and a half in working with Imtech. And so they've been able to scale massively, which is certainly great for their business and certainly a great case study for the way in which, you know, the success that we've had as a business. Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking a seat in the hot seat and uh, your insightful answers, but we have come to our final and honestly, my favorite segment of stack it or whack it, where I throw out a few technologies and be warned, they are not always well tech related. And you tell me if they are essentially worth the hype or not. So I've asked a few folks about uh, chat GPT before, but you know, when it comes to this space in particular of fixed income, what are your thoughts of, of chat GPT and AI having impact, you know, stack it or whack it in its current state? <laughs> it's uh, current state. It's questionable. I mean, we might be <laughs> whacking it, but I definitely believe there is a place where AI will certainly benefit this industry and all industries, frankly. And so I, I think uh, there's there's certainly some good that can come from this. I don't know. I haven't asked ChatGBT the hard hitting fixed income questions <laughs> of late, but uh, but I I may have to peruse the site after uh, after our conversation here. All right, that'll be our follow up episode. Let's see let's see what ChatGBT has to awesome. say. <laughs> All right, number two. I may or may not have discovered that you're a golf enthusiast, so I have to ask a question around golf technology. I stumbled across this, I guess, golf ball called the eye roll, and it's designed for your putting and wedge play. It's not ready for full driver impact yet. That would destroy it. But basically, it has embedded sensors and communication technology that tracks your performance data because we are a data set obsessed world. So your velocity, spin rate, you know, skids, distance. Would you want to know that much about your game? Stack it or whack it? <laughs> wow, this I feel like the answer has to be whack it because we're talking <laughs> about golf balls. But I'm actually I'm I'm stacking this. I think this is great. I think I'll stop losing balls in the woods. This you know I should be able to find <laughs> find my shots even if they're not off the tee. Uh, I think it would be great. Hopefully, it can help me improve. So you'll have to send me a link for this. I absolutely will. Well, Russell, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and learning more about Imtech, but please feel free to tell listeners where they can find out more about you and what you're working on. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm on LinkedIn and uh, Imtech is imtc.com, uh, also on LinkedIn. So please feel free to reach out to us uh, in any way, shape or form. Fantastic. And be sure to like and subscribe to the WellStack podcast on all major podcasting platforms and follow all things WellStack on wealthmanagement.com, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thank you all for tuning in today. The WealthTech revolution is now. WellStack provides bolder technology strategies and powers a new generation of growth-oriented advisors. Join us in Florida, May 21st to the 24th, and get 20% off now with our discount code WEALTH20. That's WEALTH20, 
W-E-A-L-T-H-2-0, and be sure to search Wellstack to find out more.